الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاه والسلام على اشرف الانبياء والمرسلين وعلى اله واصحابه اجمعين ما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم واقيموا الصلاه واتوا الزكاه واركعوا مع الراكعين صدق الله العلي العظيم my dear respected most honorable elders beloved brothers and sisters in islam Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. First of all, we begin by thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by, by praising and glorifying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for enabling us with this unique opportunity to congregate in His house, to worship Him, to glorify Him, to send salutations upon His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And we pray that Allah azza wa jal will continue to facilitate such opportunities for us in the future. Over the last week, I've noticed how at times due to the uh, unreliable weather and at times due to our own weaknesses, I've noticed sometimes the, uh, the numbers or the congregation in the Jama'ah dwindle, then improve again, increase again, dwindle and then increase again. And I thought it's, it's imperative that we discuss or we talk about the importance of praying in congregation and why the Prophet ﷺ encouraged it, why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala encourages it in the Qur'an. Because it is encouraged in the Qur'an, in the verse that I just recited before you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states, وَأَقِيمُ الصَّلَاةَ وَآتُ الزَّكَاةَ and you've heard this many times, time and time again in the Qur'an, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and establish the prayer and give zakah. Establish the prayer and give charity. But in this particular verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states, after that, وَرْكَعُوا And bow down with those who bow down. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us that you're going to pray, establish the prayer, and bow down with the others who bow down. So do it together, because whenever something is done together, a collective act of worship is better than, than an individual act of worship. This is something the Prophet ﷺ told us also, emphatically in fact. You know, when you, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a hadith Qudsi, in a hadith related by the Prophet ﷺ, he says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states, that man dhakarani fi mala'in dhakartuhu fi mala'in khayrun min mala'ihi. That he who remembers me in a gathering, I will remember him in a gathering far better than his gathering. And the interpreters of hadith, the commentators of this particular hadith state that the gathering that we remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala includes human beings, us, others, our brothers and sisters. But the gathering of God, the gathering of Allah, is a gathering in the company of the righteous angels, where we are mentioned. And how fortunate we are that we are given precedence, or we're given superiority enough that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala considers it worthy of mentioning our name and mentioning 
our actions. So it's extremely important. So this is not something that is just taken from the Sunnah. You've heard of, and we're going to go through some of those narrations where the Prophet ﷺ talks about the importance of praying in congregation and the reward associated with praying in congregations. We know that. But I wanted to let you know that this is something the Quran also encourages. Bow down with those who bow down. In fact, some commentators of this verse have stated that because of this verse, because of this verse, it's obligatory for people to pray in jama'ah. Some commentators have stated that, although it's a minority opinion. So it's important for us to understand that. The Prophet ﷺ has spoken about the masjid, right? Because the masjid literally comes from the root word, which is sajada, to, to, to prostrate. It's a place of prostration, right? People come to the masjid with one sole purpose, and that is to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to pray their prayers. However, the masjid of the Prophet ﷺ wasn't only utilized for specific for that specific worship, it was utilized for other means also. Right? It was a town hall. It was a place where the Prophet congregate, congregated with his friends and his family. And the Prophet taught them. So it was a madrasa. It was a school. It was a center of learning. It was a university. It was a town hall where they gathered for meetings. It was in fact the place where they socialized also. So the mosque played a pivotal role and it was always the center of the community. It was so central to the community that even when the companions of the Prophet were in fear or something happened, they would quickly run to the mosque. And this is evident in that hadith where after the passing of, of Ibrahim, Ibn Muhammad, the son of Muhammad, there was an eclipse and it went dark. And the people of Medina weren't used to seeing an eclipse and for it to go dark during the day. And they thought to themselves that the day of judgment has arrived. Yomul Qiyamah is here. That was their level of Iman. And they quickly ran to the mosque, all of them collectively, in order for them to pray. And the Prophet then informed them that, you know, this eclipse, this is an eclipse and this is a natural phenomenon and put them at ease that the Day of Judgment has not yet arrived. But it just goes to show that the mosque was central to their lives. So praying in Jama'ah was something that they did without question. Something that they always performed. Yet unfortunately, now it's become unfashionable. People think of prayer as a, a, a specific type of worship that has to be performed individually to extract the most from it that we can. You know, that concentration level, that environment of, of, of solitude that you have, that being alone is where I can connect with Allah and I can connect with myself spiritually. And that's true to an extent, but, but that doesn't include the five daily prayers. Because we look at the example of the Prophet wasallam, right? And we see that he would lead the five daily prayers, but then he would pray on his own. Like his wife Sayyidah Aisha states that sometimes at night, she would, she would wake up and realize that she's, and the hadith mentions that she's lost the Prophet. 
which means that she would place a hand where the Prophet would have been resting and he wasn't there. So she would get up and even though it was dark, she would see a figure, a figure of light, a figure of shining bright brightness. And it was the Prophet and he would stand up at night and just pray on his own. So the Aisha used to state that he would stand up at night sometimes for so long that his feet would begin to swell. That was his individual worship. His individual worship was his, were his nawafil, his supererogatory worship, his extra worship that he would perform of his own accord. But when it came to the five daily prayers, he would come to the masjid and lead the five daily prayers in the masjid. The only time that the Prophet did not read a salah, a prayer in congregation, is the time when he, when he وسلم, became ill and he was unable to do so. That's the only time. And he made Abu Bakr lead the prayer instead. That's the only time. So when we look at, when I hear people say, well, you know, it's fine for me to read at home. Yes, it's fine for you to read at home. Or it's fine to, for me to read individually. Yes, it's fine for you to read on your own. But it's important for you to understand that the rewards, not only is the reward much greater, but ultimately we're following the sunnah of the Prophet And the Prophet encouraged us to pray as often as we can in the masjid. The masjid is central to one's life. In fact, the Prophet said, أَحَبُّ الْبِلَادِ إِلَّا اللَّهِ مَسَاجِدُهَا وَأَبْغَضُ الْبِلَادِ إِلَى اللَّهِ أَسْوَاقُهَا أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم That the most beloved of places to Allah are the mosques and the most hated of places to Allah are the marketplaces. Right? And both of them require a sense of congregation, right? People congregate in the markets and people congregate in the masajid. However, they do so for entirely different reasons. We congregate in the marketplaces where you know, um, we're not looking to uh, encourage others or ourselves or inspire ourselves to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Far from it, we're doing the exact opposite. And it can become, you know, v spiritually it can draw us away from the worship of God. Whereas the masajid, the mosques are designed for that sole purpose. To reconnect us with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, reconnect us with our spiritual self and inspire us to be better uh, worshippers. One of the most important things that we need to understand when we pray, we do so for our benefit. God, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He does not benefit from our prayers. There's no way that we pray and He somehow gets the benefit of of our prayers, or he feels the benefit of our prayer. That doesn't exist, that doesn't happen. The only individuals that benefit is ourselves. We benefit from praying. As a society, we benefit when we come together and pray, because not only are we inspiring ourselves, we're inspiring and encouraging others to do the same. And that sense of uh, of community that Islam encourages. Jama'a means a congregation, a community. That sense of community that comes from praying together is not something that can be found when praying on your own. 
It increases brotherhood, which Islam encourages. It increases love and compassion and be merciful towards one another. The prayer, praying together, encourages that. When you stand shoulder to shoulder to your brother, your sister, and you, you, you stand there and you pray for one purpose only, following an imam, there's the, the spiritual effects of that are far greater than, than you would get when you pray on your own. Now we come to the reward. And it comes to the famous hadith which almost every individual has come across. The Prophet ﷺ states in a hadith reported by Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhuma Salatul jama'ati tafdulu salatul faddi faddi bisabiyin wa ishrina darajatan Aukuma qalun nabiyya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam That prayer in congregation is 27 times more rewarding or more meritorious i.e. greater in reward than a prayer performed individually. 27 times more rewarding. Who doesn't want that? Why would we neglect that? If we have the opportunity, why would we leave that? If I was to say to you, or if your, uh, you know, if your employer was to say to you, come in five times a day, or do this work at home five times a day and I'll give you a pound every time you did it or every time you perform that task on your own, individually. However, if you were to come to the workplace and collectively with other employees, you were to perform this errand or do this work, then I'll give you 27 times every time you came. So I, I 27 pounds, sorry, every time you, you came. And you performed that task. Are you going to choose, naturally, think to yourself, are you going to think, I'd rather earn the five pound a day than earning 27 times five? A hundred plus. Is it 109? 27 times, uh, 27 times 5 is? 130, 135, there you go. Daily. Are you going to turn that down? Of course not. So when the reward is, benefits us in this dunya, we run to seek it. When the reward is meritorious in this world, then we run to seek it. We rush to find it. We look for that deal where we can do that. But when the reward is in accordance with Allah and the teachings of the Prophet ﷺ, and when the reward is meritorious in the hereafter, then we seem to ignore it. It just doesn't make any sense why we, do, why we would do so. It wouldn't make sense. Jama'ah in the time, and you can, you, you can look at the, 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 the books of the historians and the books of hadith, they mention this. Jama'ah in the time of the Prophet ﷺ was Jama'ah. Everything would shut down. As soon as the Adhan is called, that's it, finished, pack up, shut us down to the mosque and pray. It created a surreal environment. 
That for five times a day, no matter, and sometimes it comes at the most bustling time of the day in the city. And yet everything would shut down and people would rush towards the prayer. And that's why in the Adhan, what does the Mu'addin, the caller to the prayer, what does he state? Hayya ala salah. Rush to your prayer. Why? Immediately thereafter he tells us why. Rush to success. Hayya ala al-falah. Why? Because falah is in salah. Success lies within the prayer. And there's no success greater than a success in congregation, a success with others. It's far better than being successful on your own. These extra hasanat, these extra rewards that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is granting us, we need to take advantage of that. We take advantage of of the deals that we get in this world. You know, if, if our local supermarket has a deal on something that we like, right? We're going to buy it. We're going to go there and make sure, oh, look, you know, Apple, the Apple store in Southampton is selling iPhones for five pounds. People are going to go crazy to buy them. Is it, people will fight with one another. I guarantee you. That if, that if the Apple store in Southampton decided to sell iPhones, not even for five pounds, say, you know, the, the new iPhone, which is the new iPhone circuit? The, the X, right? Which is probably about, say, eight, nine hundred pound. One thousand pound, okay, even more than what I say. A thousand pound iPhone, and they were selling it for a hundred pound. You know, a tenth of its price. If they were selling it for a hundred pounds, and they said that the sale is going to start tomorrow morning at 5 o'clock. We're going to open our doors. People are going to be queuing. And literally, they'll, they'll probably make their way there now. It's true, isn't it? Overnight, people will pack, they would camp there. They would take their sleeping bags if it's cold. They would stay there. They will stay there. They've got a, they killed the bargain of the century. £100 for a £1,000 commodity and it's a commodity it's material wealth it's something that we can do without I mean my, my I don't have my phone with me but any other phone performs the same functions I'm sure the iPhone 8 and 7 and 6 and 5 they perform the same functions also but no we want the best and we're looking for those deals and we're gonna rush to do that, and yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promises us daily. You come to pray your, jama your, your prayer in jama'ah 27 times more rewarding than the prayer that you pray on your own. <coughs> Allah is giving us these deals, left, right and center. They're always available for us, and yet we're refusing them and turning them down. We're turning them down. It just doesn't make any sense. Why would we do that? And we're only going to realize on Yom Al-Qiyamah when we could do with that extra 27 on the scales to outweigh the bad that we've done in our lives. And that's when we're going to regret. And unfortunately, then it will be too late. But now we still have the opportunity. And it's never too late. 
You know, when we look at the, the consistency of the jama'ah, the congregation of the Prophet the jama'ah of the Prophet isn't reminiscent of our congregation, or our congregations today are not a fair reflection of the congregation of the Prophet First of all, the masajid of the Prophet was a place for everybody. Even non-Muslims. Even non-Muslims. When non-Muslims came from uh, Abyssinia, uh, which is modern-day Ethiopia, Christians, delegations, the Prophet allowed them or t- informed them that they should stay at the mosque. They performed, in fact, there's a hadith in Sahih Bukhari where they were allowed to perform their, their religious rituals and actions and traditions in the mosque of the Prophet And they stayed there. And the Muslims took care of them. The companions took care of them. The second is that it was open to all Muslims. So everybody. So you'd have the leaders of the Quraysh who were seen at the time and it was, it was a very tribal society. Right? The Quraysh was seen as, 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 the, uh, as the front runners, as, as the leaders. The most prestigious and most honorable tribe. And you had among them the leaders like Abu Bakr and Umar and Uthman and Ali. They came from prominent tribes of the Quraysh. Prominent families, well respected, honorable. But then you had them standing next to people who at the time in that society in, seven, in the 7th seventh, in century Arabia who weren't really considered to be worthy enough to stand next to them. But yet Islam told us that by standing together, side by side, you're equal in the eyes of Allah. You're equal in the eyes of Allah. And you had the likes of Bilal, who was a slave, who had no honor prior to accepting Islam. And yet, with Islam, it gave him honor and superiority. Because his honor and superiority are only in action. Not due to the color of our skin, or our background, or how wealthy or famous we may be. Ultimately, it matters how many good actions we do, how much good we do in this life, how often we worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and our status with Him. That's the status that we need to be worried about. That's the status that we need to be concerned about. You had a blonde-haired, blue-eyed Persians. You had Romans. You had all sorts of different people culminating in one community, in one society, congregating in one place for one sole purpose, and that was to worship Allah. Nothing better than that. There's nothing better than that. And our masajid need to be, first and foremost, be a reflection of that. Not specifically for one group of people, not specifically for one type of people from one geographical location in the world. No. Open to everybody. And then we need to ensure that we make the most out of every second that we have in the masjid. The most out of every second. Because it's not just about praying to Allah. It's about praying together, performing an act of worship 
together, knowing that the reward is far greater, and knowing that it increases, ultimately increases your levels of brotherhood and your levels of love and compassion and mercy unto one another. It increases them. And that's something that the Prophet ﷺ encouraged throughout his life. And you see that reflective in his society. Reflected in his society, you see that in his community, the levels of love and brotherhood were immense. You know, everybody cared about one another. Everybody knew who, who, who the other was. In fact, there was no other. It was just us. That's how they considered it. That was their family. And nowadays we're drifting apart. We don't have those same level of concern for, that same level of concern for each other anymore. You know, we talk about 20 years ago and 30 years ago, people cared about one another. And no matter where they came from, when they came to this country, if they came from overseas, then they stuck together. And they cared about each other. They always were looking to help each other. And now that's going you know, sideways, now people don't care about each other anymore. It's as if, you know, we're just concerned with ourselves and our families and nobody else. One thing that can change that is the, is the masjid. Jama'ah, praying in congregation. You know, it, it says, you know, the family that, that, that eats together stays together. Right? Have you heard that statement? Right? The family that eats together stays together. The, the, the congregation that prays together, stays together. That's what I feel. You pray together, you're going to stay together. Those, those levels of concern will rise. The levels of compassion between you and your fellow uh, worshippers will increase. You'll know them by name. You come five times a day to the mosque. And you come and you see what uh, you see each other and you meet with one another you're going to very quickly know everything about that individual sometimes you see five times a day every single day you're going to know them inside out aren't you so that's why it's extremely important so the, the rewards are not only limited to just you getting 27 times more rewards you're getting the reward in this life as well you're building a better community. That's what the Prophet ﷺ did. He built a community. And we'll be building those communities also. And you see, I gave the example of, of, uh, of the iPhone. People would, would, would fight, right? Once the doors opened, it would be like, uh, you know, uh, what's that? The Friday, Black Friday sales or something. You know? People, you see those videos of people you know, surging in, stamping over each other and jumping over each other, trying to get to, uh, to a deal, right? People will be doing that. The Prophet ﷺ also told us that if we knew of the reward of praying in the front saf, we would fight with one another to attain it. We would fight with one another to attain it. But we, we, we don't want to do that because we don't care about that reward because we can't see it right now. We can't see it right now. But the only way we'll see it is if we continue to pray, we continue to persevere. We continue to come together. 
And over time, you'll see those relationships that you build with one another. And ultimately, your relationship when, with one another, when that becomes strengthened, then your relationship with God, your relationship with Allah becomes strengthened also. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give me a new tawfiq and the ability to act upon the teachings of the Qur'an, the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa There were various other things that I, that I need to say. Um, uh, uh, you know, and the, one thing I wanted to mention before I leave is, you know, people often state, well, you know, I live far away from the mosque and I'm unable to, ma- I'm unable to make it for the prayers. Um, and so I can only attend for, for the Jummah, the Friday prayer. Um, well, if you can attend for the Jummah prayer, then I'm sure you can make your way down for other prayers throughout the day also. But the Prophet ﷺ told us about that as well, those individuals who live further away. And, and he told us in a hadith reported by Abu Dawood, related by Abu Dawood, reported by Sayyidina Abu Hurair, Abu Hurair the Prophet ﷺ talked about the Ab'ad, the one who lives furthest away. And he said, the further one is from the masjid, the greater will be one's reward. So the further you live from the mosque and the more you have to travel, the more you have to struggle to get there. And ultimately, you know, if I, if I live, say, uh, a five or ten minute drive away that I have to come to the masjid and it's not, it's not really um, painstaking for me. And consider that individual who perhaps, you know, some of our elders also, who have to walk 20 minutes or 25 minutes, walk to get there know that their reward, the reward for the struggle is, is, is far greater. The Qur'an states that man, insan would only get that which he struggles for, which you strive for. And your reward is going to be in accordance, to your, in accordance with your struggle. Uh, so it's important for us to remember that. And it's important for us to appreciate that reward. And we need to understand that reward. And the only way we will is if we continue to keep our masajid congregated and pray as often as we can in jama'ah. So make this an intention now. That, you know, if, if you, you, no doubt you're busy in your lives. No doubt you have other things to do. You have work uh, uh, commitments. You have family commitments. But take, take time out of your day. Start. Say, I'm, gonna, I'm going to pray one prayer in, in jama'ah every single day. One prayer in congregation. And you see how that begins to have an effect on you. And I assure you, once you feel the effects of it, one will turn to two, two to three, and then ultimately uh, four and five prayers a day. And inshallah, that's the, uh, the vision. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the ability to achieve that. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the perseverance to achieve that also.